Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Dear Abby. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Thursday. It's uh, this is like my 12th take. For some reason, the past two days, I just haven't been able to record a full episode and be able to stay focused and uh, a little bit positive the whole time. I just would break down like every five minutes because it's just been a long week for me mentally. I've struggled a lot with my um, it feels like an OCD setback, but I don't really give into a lot of compulsive behaviors. It's just been an uproar in intrusive thoughts, and it feels like someone has hijacked my brain and is replaying horror films of with my family members in it and the people that I love the most over and over again, and then plays with my emotions and then asks me to solve it but there's no way to solve it. So that's been super fun to deal with mentally. I'm a little bit sick of it at this point, but that's okay. So I think I've just been a little bit tired of dealing with all that shiz going on in my head. So here I am again for my 15th time trying to record today's episode. I just want to be more, a little bit more positive. I want to be transparent though, especially because I talk about my recovery with OCD and just my mental health. I feel like I'm way more healthy mentally. I have kind of normal reactions to things, but there's still a little bit of that irrationality and when my emotions don't really match what's happening. And so that's a little bit frustrating and it just doesn't feel very good. Um, And I still have setbacks that don't look as bad as they used to, but every once in a while I'll just have two or three days where I just feel like I'm in a funk, but it's not just a funk where... I just don't feel like myself. It just, it feels like the world is caving in and my anxiety gets to like an ultimate high level and I have a million intrusive thoughts, you know, that impending doom seems to like circle in around me. So that's, you know, what I've been struggling with the past couple of days. So it has not been the most fun um, couple of days. So every time I would record... I would get frustrated, like if I felt like, I don't know, just weird stuff. If I felt like I looked weird, or if my camera didn't look as good as I wanted it to look, or something like that, I would completely stop the whole production and then restart. Or if I said one wrong thing, I would break down and cry for like five minutes, and then there's a bunch of footage of me, which I will not be rewatching ever, uh, of crying and being like, you're okay, you're okay, we can do this, let's just get this done. But... We feel better today. Yesterday was really rough. This is how, I don't know if anyone else relates to this, but maybe this is just a woman thing, but uh, every once in a while, like, well, to be fair, it was that time of the month, the past couple of days, so maybe that's why it felt a lot worse, but that's just when my OCD spikes. I've learned at certain times of the month when my hormones are kind of out of whack. Well, they're not out of whack. They're normal because that's what normally happens, but it's still not the most pleasant experience. I notice that that's when I get very overwhelmed easily and I just want to cry like I just can't even form a normal sentence without wanting to just break down in tears. So that did correlate, uh, I'm realizing looking back, but 
yesterday it kind of all came to uh, like an explosion almost. I was by myself. It, it, I normally wait till I'm alone and then I just like let it all go and cry and cry and like just do whatever I need to do to let it all go. But it still sucks. And then the next day I usually feel a lot better because I've kind of let things flow. I realized I, I knew I was kind of doing that to myself because for the past week I haven't been able to go to sleep. So I just watched TV to go to bed and then I kept that as a habit throughout the entire week to kind of numb myself. I think I just turn on Modern Family, which I love that show, and I would fall asleep to it. And then the, the TV would turn off once I would fall asleep, like after 30 minutes there's a timer, but it's still not the healthiest way to fall asleep. So if you have like anxiety and stuff and you need the TV to go to bed, I think that's like kind of for me was and is a compulsive behavior because it's a way that I'm trying to ignore my anxiety and trying to like suppress everything and numb myself and just watch something that's very, I know the ending, I know what's going to happen, which is good sometimes, but not if you're like numbing and it's making you actually feel further away from your emotions rather than tuning into them. Yeah, so that's how my week has been. It's been kind of a bad week, you know? It's been a hard week. These are the weeks I learn the most, but sometimes I don't learn anything. I just feel bad. Sometimes I learn a lot when I'm struggling, but sometimes, like, I'm just struggling and it just sucks. And then it feels better. But I've been consistently still working out, running, going to the gym, and trying to eat as healthy as I can. I just want to, I think I just like to give those type of mental health updates because that's kind of why I started this podcast and I just don't want anyone to feel alone because uh, it just sucks if you feel like you're the only one struggling. I also didn't make the podcast so that we can all sit and wallow in our anxiety and OCD and mental illness. I want to make it so we can empower ourselves to like why can't we have a really good life that's worry-free and stuff like that. Maybe we have physical anxiety and We might not feel good all the time, but that doesn't mean we can't live a super meaningful, happy, joyful life and feel good every once in a while. So uh, that's why I started this. So let's not wallow around. And I say that because I do that all the time and I have to pick myself up. It does suck and I feel like it's unfair and I feel angry, but I deserve to feel better and I'm just going to choose to have hope and choose to have trust in something that Someday I will feel better and maybe my struggling with this disorder will someday come to a sort of end, maybe, but also if it doesn't, I got to learn to be happy with it because I just want to and not because I feel like it because I promise you I have never felt like doing any kind of recovery work. I have never felt like every once in a while I feel really motivated and then every exposure I do is easy, like any recovery therapy work I do is pretty easy. But when I'm not motivated and when I feel like really complacent and I am a little bit and I feel depressed and I don't even care to get better because I don't feel anything, I can't muster up any feelings. I can't even muster up tears. Oh, that's when I don't want to do anything. But I swear that is when you have to push yourself to do the most work is when you don't you actually feel like you don't care anymore. That's when you have to just choose and push yourself and you'll get out of that rut. Yeah. More fun things, though, that I did this week were... (laughs) Like I said, I've been going to the gym and it's always an interesting and horrifying experience when you go for the first time to a new gym because um, I was telling my sister, I'm like, why is it so intimidating to go to a gym, especially a new gym? And it's obvious because everyone's like either people are like people are just insanely shredded at the gym 
not everyone, but a lot of people are insanely shredded. So you have a bunch of big, like beefy, tough looking people and everyone is has a serious face like everyone you you I mean you kind of have to but it's so funny how everyone takes themselves so seriously at the gym I mean everyone's probably a little bit anxious so that's probably why that's like a but it's just weird like everyone's so serious so I feel like I have to force myself to be so serious at the gym I mean you don't want to be too silly and hurt yourself but when you walk in there everyone is just so serious and so shredded and Everyone looks like they know what they're doing on every single machine. So if you're new to a gym or you get anxious, just be like, you know what? I deserve to be here just as much as everyone else does. I'm paying the exact same amount as everyone else. And I have a body just like everyone else. Why can't I work out and read the instruction labels on how to work machine to make sure it's targeting the muscle group that I wanted to target that day? I went to an I went to a baseball game with my boyfriend, yes, or two days ago. I only ever went to baseball games when I was a kid with like my dad and my siblings and we lived in Arizona so we'd go to the Diamondback Diamondbacks games Diamondback games Diamondbacks games Diamondbacks Diamondbacks games yeah I think whatever okay anyways so that was fun we I got I convinced him to buy me a hot dog and it was just really fun it's not the most entertaining uh, sport, I will say, unless you are emotionally involved with, okay, not like that, but with the players or you know their story or you're a big fan of the team and the like some of the people on the team, then it's fun to watch. I don't know anyone, we went to an Angels game, so I don't know anyone on that team. Uh, so I didn't really care to watch. I also have been doing a lot of dancing and plyometric type stuff. Like, I just... I'm not kidding. When I went to the BTS concert, me and Chelsea were both in... This was forever ago. Me and Chelsea went to the K-pop band, BTS. Big fan. And I'm honestly probably one of their biggest fans. But I... Yeah, I'm too scared to really, really broadcast it. Just because I'm not usually, like, a big fan of artists. Like, music artists where I will live and die and defend them. But I am with BTS because they got me through my divorce. So... I love them. Anyways, we went to their concert forever ago, and they were, they're like my age, and they are jumping around singing for two hours, like probably for five, six hours that day. They are jumping around singing, rehearsing, going full out, full choreography plus singing, so full vocals, and they're my age, and some of them are older, like 30, and I was shook to my core that they were able to do that. I'm not that old, but my body's so achy already. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to stand for that. I'm so young still. It was so inspiring to watch them do that because why can't that be me? Huh? Why can't I just get more athletic and train to be more of an athlete and do plyometrics, jumping around, jumping jacks, um, running, dancing. And I'm really excited because it was very freeing to even just do like goofy dancing in my studio by myself in front of my mirror it's just fun to let loose and to and it kind of led me to what I wanted to talk about today which was cringing yourself out and why that's such a good thing to do sometimes there's some videos on Instagram that my boyfriend will show me of like cringe accounts and those that's not necessarily what I'm talking about because those are those aren't cringy those make me want to tear like scratch my skin off kind of cringe I'm talking about being silly like being silly goofy acting a little bit immature in the right 
circumstances, you know, where you're not actually being rude to anyone or you're being really inconsiderate. It's more so just being silly, goofy. You need to cringe out the part of you that is so critical and is basically like reciting comments on TikTok, on Instagram to you that are those really negative, cynical people on those apps, but they comment on everything, just internet trolls, but they're so mean. And then we have that now, that dialogue. We know what people are going to say. We know what some people will think. I don't know. I just think cringing at someone who's having fun is a reflection of how they feel about themselves when they let loose and they have fun and they look a little bit stupid or goofy. Maybe their intelligence or how smart they are doesn't shine through through doesn't shine through certain actions or goofy gestures or talking in a certain way or dancing or laughing or you know, just having fun. So, I've been doing that through dancing in my uh, apartment by myself when nobody's watching. I maybe one day will get the courage to do it in front of people, but just for fun um, and actually like try to get better and post videos of me dancing because I'm, I always think of myself as so lanky and awkward and I'm not a very like cool, good dancer, honestly. It doesn't come naturally to me, but it probably doesn't come naturally, but I'm sure dancing does not come natural to everyone that's a dancer. Uh, that's a very ignorant thing to say probably. So, I know I can get better at it, but I have this super critical voice in my head that's just every time I try to dance or move, it's like, you look so stupid. Like, you're so stupid. What are you doing? If I take a second and I just let that thought pass, I'm actually okay doing this and this is very fun to me. It's a little bit uncomfortable, sure. I don't really know how to move my body certain ways. It doesn't feel comfortable comfortable or natural to me, but it felt good to kind of cringe myself out. And it just unlocks, every time I do that or do something like that, it just kind of unlocks something in me that it just feels way more free and just feels like I can actually be who I want to be and not care so much about pleasing other people. Regret is so scary to me. I don't want to regret, I don't regret anything in the past just because I actually don't think it's helpful to sit there and regret. But I'm young right now and there's a lot of things that probably in 20 years I wish I would have started or I wish I would have just let go and tried like dancing or training more like an athlete because I always I, I grew up always on sports teams and stuff. But now I feel kind of cringy when I'm at the gym and I'm doing plyometrics or I'm jumping or I'm doing something that not everyone else is doing. I feel so dumb. Like I can feel my body turn red anytime I do anything out of the norm. Or if I have to like modify a workout, I feel so stupid. I feel so dumb, but no one cares. Like really no one cares except for that stupid inner critic voice that's so loud sometimes and feels like it's such a big bully but it's really just things that we've seen or heard other people say on the internet or in person and we've just like taken it as truth but it's not and how damaging is that that we trust other people's opinions over our own over things that we love to do or that we want to do and we feel a huge passion and drive to do but going back to the cringe thing I just think it feels empowering to be okay with cringing yourself out a little bit. And I think it just means, I think really that just means being uncomfortable and feeling stupid and being a beginner probably and having fun and letting loose. I think sometimes I'm scared. I think this is probably common, but sometimes I get scared to have fun, especially in a public setting um, and be super goofy or silly or laugh too much or I don't know, giggle too much because I'm scared it'll be seen as 
uh, dumb. People will think I'm stupid or people think that I'm just like a dumb girl. And if I'm not super, you know, proper and I say all the right things and they're going to think I'm stupid and not educated and I don't care about anything that's happening in the world or I don't think about anything and I'm like this unthoughtful, dumb person. It definitely stems from just seeing comments, I think. And now I've built up this inner critic, but it's just as smart and it's just as educated or it's just as intelligent to have fun and have emotional intelligence and to be goofy and let loose. It's also been inspired by the tube girl. If you guys have seen her on TikTok, she does she just does videos on I think I don't know if what she's on. Maybe it's called the tube. I don't really understand the whole thing. I don't know if the tube is like a subway or if the tube is like that's why it's called a tube because it's like a tube and there's a bus that goes in it or the subway or whatever it's called. Anyways, but there's wind that blows on her and she does these videos and she's in public. There's people sitting behind her and she's going full like throttle for these videos and she's just holding her phone up to her face and she dances and she plays with her hair in the wind and she just goes full out. And a lot of people are very and a lot of people are very inspired by this because a lot of us have some type of social anxiety where I think the main thing I'd be scared is that people would see that and be like, oh, all that girl does is TikTok. That's all she thinks about. That's all she cares about. Like these dumb young girls that are just, I don't know, don't think about anything else but wanting to be famous and blah, blah, blah. Because they hear that over and over again for people who just totally misunderstand and probably have never asked a woman and has ever asked someone that age what they actually do, what they think about. And maybe they have and that was their answer, but I still think we've seen and heard those types of judgments and those like total assumptions based on 20 seconds they see of somebody's life. And so we feel like we have to show everyone every single side to us so they take us seriously. And this is especially as a woman, but I'm sure it applies to men. I'm not a man, so I don't really understand. As a woman, we definitely get this where we feel like we have to show that we're not dumb TikTok girls. We actually have brains and we think about bigger things and more things and we think deeply and it just sucks that you have to kind of try to prove that. I've been practicing not having to prove that. You know, unless you're going for a job interview, then it's probably best to showcase that part of you. But and in any situation, if there's a chance to be funny and kind and like silly, it's okay to be that. And it's okay if people misjudge that or if you want to make a video or if you want to go for something, don't be scared if people are going to be cringed out by you trying to, especially on social media, people get cringed out all the time. People that get it, get it. People that don't, don't. But I, I'm, I don't know about her the tube girl but I wonder like how anxious she was when she first started maybe she's talked about this like in her TikToks but I wonder how anxious she was when she first started recording them because she probably had that in her head of like oh man people are gonna think this about me people are gonna make these assumptions and that just sucks but it just sucks for the people who make assumptions because anytime you make an assumption you are you are now a little bit more angry because now you think that everyone else is stupid and you're the only smart one uh, it makes you more resentful because now you have like a skewed version of reality in your head that you think that you're the only one that ever thinks about certain things and that you're the smartest person. So then you treat everyone worse. So it just makes you a more angry, resentful person. And you probably have less of a connection to other people because you you automatically assume that you know everything that's going on in their head without asking them any questions or trying to get to know them deeper. Which just makes you more angry. I don't know. I feel like it just stirs up anger in you. 
that's probably why you shouldn't judge people or make assumptions. They're, they're not even able to see past their own views and their own opinions that they formed because of one girl that they had met or two girls that they had met. So I guess I'm empowering you to, to have a little bit more um, safe fun, but have a little bit more fun and not be so worried about what people are going to assume about you and cringe people out. You should try to cringe yourself out and cringe that uh, inner critic part out of you. Uh, I don't think it'll ever really leave, but you definitely have the power over it, and it does not have power over you. That's why I, I, I'm trying so much more now to not ever make assumptions, even about people that make assumptions about me. I know I just went on a whole tangent, but it's just a lot of things I feel like are just made to make us feel very isolated and to make it this life and people around us and the world feel more divisive. Something I've been really trying to embody and think about more is how everyone is just as complex and their inner world is just as complex. Their story is just as complex. They have just as many thoughts. Well, maybe not everyone has just as many thoughts, but a lot of people have just as many thoughts. And you have such a great capacity to love, I'm sure, but so do most of the people on this planet. And sometimes when we see the news or we see certain things, we think we're the only one that has this great capacity to love and this capacity to give and create something beautiful and create a meaningful life. You know, no one loves as hard as we do, that type of narrative. And sometimes it does feel like that. But I've seen a lot of videos lately on TikTok and stuff that like almost romanticizes how you are the only person that ever cares about anyone or let's like no one else loves as deeply as you. And that's a beautiful thought. You know, I can see why it's helpful in some scenarios. I, I love when people say that to me because it kind of fuels my ego. And it does feel good because some people don't have the same capacity. To me, that narrative now is not very helpful because it just makes me feel more sad about the world. But when I think about how many people around me have the same capacity to love and the same capacity to think about me and think about my needs and other people's needs and they think about how I'm doing just as much as I think about how they're doing and they have this desire to love and to be close to me be close to each other it's a lot more hopeful than it is when I just think that I'm the only person that cares so if you're struggling maybe with that, this has nothing to do with cringing yourself out. This is just a side note that that's just helpful for me to feel like I want to be closer to people and I am not the only person that feels certain things. I mean, you're not the only complex person on this planet. Okay, we're going to get into a Dear Abby now and then we're going to call my brother and see if he answers for a Dear Abby. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Dear Abby, I am kind of a new listener to the podcast, um, okay. but I'm loving it so far. Um, but I just was wondering if... Oh, wait. Any... I have to change the color. I didn't change the color while I was talking. It was supposed to be blue. Well, that's scary looking on YouTube. Okay, now I have to do pink. Okay, wait. That's not the pink I wanted. Wait, yeah, it is. Okay, sorry. You were just wondering... You were just wondering. There are any, like, telltale signs that you have for, like, OCD. Like, how to tell, like, if you have it, I guess. I've been listening to some episodes, and um, I feel like you, like, have talked a lot about um, 
what to do if you've been diagnosed and like different things. But as someone who is wondering they might have it but aren't sure, what are some of like the early warning signs that you might have OCD? Um, but yeah, anyways, thank you and <laughs> I love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm not a therapist, just to put that out there first and foremost. So I'd say first, if you are struggling really badly with something um, and you're having obsessive thoughts about the same things and you can't feel like you feel like you can't move on or can't focus on anything else and it's getting debilitating. uh, Hopefully you find it before it's debilitating. But if you have any concerns like that, definitely contact just kind of search around on the internet. You can go to no CD. They can diagnose you. You can go to, uh, I, I never, never had a good experience with doctors. They always just told me I had generalized anxiety and gave me some medicine that never really helped, but I know it's helped some people. It didn't really help me. You can go to like your physician, like your family physician and just tell them everything that's going on. And they can usually refer you to somewhere or you can go to like better help you all still have to pay, but you can go see, like, schedule something with just a local therapist that specializes in OCD. I'm going to be honest, starting my mental health, uh, starting to try to get my health back with my brain has been pretty expensive. Like, it's cost me lots, thousands and thousands of dollars to be completely transparent. It is not a cheap it's not like just some easy, I think it bugs me sometimes when people make it seem like it's like this easy thing that's like cheap and you know maybe you have good insurance I don't have good insurance that covers it so for me it was not easy and it's not cheap it's very expensive to go to every single session that I go go to but it is so worth it and it's so important so that's first what I'd say because I'm not a professional so go see a professional if you really have like real concerns because it is not to be taken lightly it's not nice to hear that but it needs to be said Mental health is not something that you play around with, and it's not something that's just pop culture and is fun to talk about. It should be taken very seriously to get better because you deserve to feel better. But I will say for me, the early signs, I've had it since I was a kid. So for me, it was going to like the bathroom every single day at the same time and crying in the stall because I didn't want to stand up to sing and choir. That was kind of like a compulsive behavior every single day. I'd pinch myself if I had intrusive thoughts ever since I was a kid. Just extreme anxiety in certain places, so I'd avoid them. Um, usually religious places. I would still go, but I would try to go to the bathroom or I would kind of dis- like dissociate on purpose. I don't know if you can, but I feel like I would... It's like my brain would give me an option. I would choose that option. Not the healthiest, but when it got really severe, it's almost like I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it anymore. I couldn't act like it wasn't a big deal because it was every single thought all day was obsessing over the meaning of life, life, awareness, uh, religion, anything spiritual. If I was, uh, if I wanted to do harm to other people, if I was some kind of pervert, that was constant in my head over and over again, replaying, replaying, replaying. And I would check all the time. I'd ruminate. I would just overthink everything. Every single action I would take, I would think about it. And if it proves this or if it disproves this, and if it doesn't, then what should I do to disprove what these thoughts are telling me I am? So that was for me, one of the signs was just constant rumination. I couldn't get out of my head and everything felt wrong. Everything felt just horrible. A lot of times OCD gets, gets, um, 
diagnosed as generalized anxiety, like I said before. So mine was definitely diagnosed as anxiety for a really long time. And then when I got diagnosed with OCD, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, this is my brain exactly. So when you get your diagnosis for, so if you, if you get a diagnosis, it, it should feel kind of like a, oh, like that totally makes, that feels like my brain. Uh, and I would cry all day. I'm not kidding. I would probably cry like five hours every single day for months. Those are some of my, those are some of the things that I experienced, but I'm sorry that, I'm sorry if you're struggling with your mental health. Another sign for me was just emotionally, I, I was very, um, I was extremely emotional more than I normally am to the point where I would break down. If like, I couldn't remember where I put something, I would have a full meltdown and think that I was going crazy and just be like, this is it for me. So I was very, very sensitive and very fragile. But I'm sorry if you are going through something like that, even if it's not OCD, if it's just a rough patch or just, or if you have anxiety, you know, whatever it is, then then you're probably listening to the right podcast. So stick around. Also, I would love your, I would love to have an extra viewer. All right, you then, let's get on to phone a frenemy. My mom wants me to my mom's here visiting also, just FYI, and she wants me to call my brother to do the front of me, uh, but she's already here, so I thought I would just make her come into the room and answer some of the questions. Uh, and also, I'll ask her about what she saw as my early signs of OCD. You don't have to be in the video, I could blur it. But someone, the question is not really a question I'd ask Clay. It's, it's more so a question I would ask my mother. Uh, okay, the question was, she was saying that she's been listening to... Oh, this is my mom, everyone. She'll be blurred out, but uh, she's she's here with me visiting, so I thought she'd be a great uh, frenemy to phone. She's the most frenemy of all frenemies. She said that she's been listening to my, my episodes and then that she's had some of the things that I say about OCD she feels like she relates to, and she's like, oh my gosh, is this something that I'm experiencing? So she was asking, what are the early signs? I told her you probably should see a therapist, and I'm not a professional. And then that I, since I was a kid, I would do things like pinch myself and stuff, the things that no one else really saw. But what for you do you think you saw in me that were signs that something was not normal? <laughs> what might be different than the other siblings? That's really tough because honestly, we just always thought you had um, very, had a lot of anxiety, like the anxiety disorder. And a lot of the things that you did, uh, we also saw in your grandma who has really has anxiety disorder. So that's probably why you're this age and we didn't know. <laughs> but yeah, they, you do, you did do a lot of pinching, which was always like, why does she pinch herself about things? But yeah, that, it's hard because I think like when, when you came and said, I don't think that this, when you had your episode in which we went, <laughs> episode, and you went, you know, really deep into a dark place, and you said, I don't think this is anxiety, because nobody, because also, remember, people, we would have you at therapists and talk to people and they with your anxiety, and it helped. So, I don't know, it just, like, hadn't really manifested in a way that... Give me the microphone. <laughs> it, would it would help for, like, literally probably 24 hours and then the next day I would feel the exact same feeling and I would start struggling all over again with like rumination and like well that wasn't it because I left this out so maybe I should go back and tell her this or maybe 
So it was like health. It relieved me, which is what compulsive things sometimes. Sometimes they don't even relieve you. Like sometimes I actually might just make you more anxious. But at the beginning, I would actually get relief from talk therapy. And then once it got that bad and it was like, this is just making me worse. It was like, no, this can't be it. Gotcha. So honestly, like just as a mom of someone that has OCD, like the biggest thing is just to be super honest with the people that you trust and you love and do your research and kind of honestly listening to podcasts like this one, but also like going to the no OCD (laughs) and just seeing if that's what you feel like is happening for you. But be honest because like she just said, like, it would help for 24 hours. Sometimes I don't think she meant to be dishonest with us or not tell us everything. Well, yeah, we, none of us knew what OCD was. I mean, OCD was like washing your hands to me. Like I didn't know anything more than that. So getting educated is super important. And then, then you probably will be able to think like, this is not anxiety. This is this and, and know what you need to do from there. Nice. Well said. Okay. Now you're not done though. I have rapid fire questions for you. Uh, first and foremost, who is your favorite kid? And go. I don't have a favorite kid. All right. So we're starting off with we're starting off with a lie. <laughs> Just kidding. We all know it's Cole. It's my little brother, Cole. I'm just kidding. Okay, what word do you... So, my mom is a school teacher, just so everyone knows. What word do you hate hearing at school from your kids? Other than, like, curse words. Like, what's an annoying, dumb word that they say? It's not really a word, but it's a phrase. And it's like, I wasn't talking. When you literally just saw them talking and asked them to stop. I wasn't talking. I never said that when I was a kid, because I would never talk to class. I was a teacher's pet. Where did Where did you grow up? Tell us about... Tales about Snowflake, Arizona. <laughs> you just answered the question. I grew up in Snowflake, Arizona. <laughs> on a ranch. On a dude ranch. No, on a ranch in Snowflake, Arizona. Dude ranch. Uh, what is your favorite dessert? Cake. Any cake. Name an onomatopoeia. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the one that goes like, wham? Nice. What is the stupidest dare you ever agreed to? Oh, stupidest dare. It was probably not the stupidest one. It's just the only one I can remember. It's like right when I got to college for the first day, my friend and I went to like a group meeting for the ward, which is like just like a a religious group or whatever, a meeting. And there was this really cute guy sent over there. And my friend said, I want you to stand up in front of all these people and say, I really just want came here to meet that guy right there. (laughs) And I did it. And it was like, it was pretty cringe. But uh, he was really cute and he came and talked to me afterwards. Really? Was it dad? That would be a cool story. That's funny because my whole episode was just how you should do things even if it cringes people out. (laughs) Did you go on a date with him? Uh, Yes. Wow. So went on a date with anyone, huh? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) What is one thing you wish you enjoyed more? Cooking. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I wish you enjoyed cooking more. <laughs> do you? Ha- uh, no, let's not do that one. We had to make them appropriate. Salty or sweet? Salty if it's like salt and vinegar chips, mm. and sweet every other way. Do you have your own Netflix account, or do you use somebody else's? <laughs> oh, as wow. a fifty-year-old lady, uh, I don't know her age. <laughs> yeah. First of all, if any of my students are listening, you just called me out, and that's horrible because they all are dying to know my age I don't know who knows um what was the question oh no I don't have my own I oh use Chelsea's <laughs> she uses Chelsea's that's my sister okay last question what was your least favorite part about COVID 
as a teacher. Oh, that's rough. Uh, my least favorite part about COVID as a teacher, honestly, was that I didn't really get to know my students as well as normal because they were all masked. And so it was really hard to get to know their personalities. I didn't want to talk that much. So that one group I had, I don't, they're not as close to me as the other groups. It was really hard. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, actually, I lied. One more, one last question from the last section. What is your favorite uh, holiday tradition? And well, which holiday? Yeah, just what, what tradition is your favorite from any holiday? And go. I'm not sure what the question actually is. Um, Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday, of course. And my favorite tradition. I have a lot of favorite traditions. I do love going when we used to. We don't even do it anymore because my your father, your father, you know, I'm upset with him when I call him father, made me True. buy an artificial tree. But um, oh, before. Yeah. Boo. Oh. Bah humbug. I know he's listening to this. But before that, it, it was one of my favorites was us going and getting the tree, even though it was just in a tree lot. And then you guys running around chasing each other playing. I don't know what it's called, but that's one of my favorite. We were playing tag. Were you ever stressed about how we would get in trouble with like the workers? Uh, I don't get stressed about stuff like that. Usually the dad, dad, 100%. <laughs> uh, got him. Okay. Thanks for being on. You're dismissed. Oh, she's stuck in my laundry basket in the corner of my closet. Thank you. Thank you for coming into my office. I'll see you later. I'll see you in two minutes. Yeah. For those of you that, uh, I think I, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but I've moved into, I moved my office space into my closet because I just live in a studio. So the backgrounds, I had a bunch of laundry back here hanging up. Like where I'm sitting right now is usually where a bunch of laundry is hanging up, but I've now moved it to three different sections of my closet. So you can't see it. But if I slide this close, pull this close they're everywhere so but you can't tell well maybe you can but yeah so if I ever have guests on the podcast I'm definitely gonna have to do it in the other room but I kind of like this I like recording in this space better it's a little bit more vibey yeah so if I ever have guests on here I'm just gonna have them sit I guess on my laundry basket and I'll just I put a pillow on there and it's pretty comfy but they'll just have to sit in the corner and I'll just hand the microphone back and forth because I'm sure that worked beautifully so Okay, thanks for thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, tune in next week. I have every I have an episode drop every single Thursday. I'm usually on YouTube. I sometimes have difficulty with my camera, but usually you can find me on YouTube. But always on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you want to follow me on social medias, my at is just dear abby and i think there's two underscores because someone else has dear abby but dear a-b-b-e-y the name of the podcast is dear abby so it should be pretty easy to spell out love you guys bye oh